Hi, hi, Kayla. Sup? How are you? How's how's your your break? Good. It's it's been forever since I've seen. It feels like a week or so. It's, I, yeah, it's very so awkward. Yeah. It's very off-putting. Oh. Um, I I think to remedy that, you and I should probably go hiking. Oh. Maybe in like like backpacking in Greece or something. That'd be cool. Cool. What I mean, if if you're paying for the trip. Well, of course, with those millions of dollars that I have from my oil business <laughs> that I secretly run, like a Bond villain. Um, but I mean, we could start in like the southwest part of Greece and kind of wander around there. And there's a very nice city. Uh, I believe it's the city of Dion, and we could we could. I'm sure there's some sort of slight uh, elevation to that city. So to go up it, you would have it'd be what? You'd die on a hill. Oh, fuck, that was a long way to go for. Man, I'm sorry. I boggled that. Oh well, it's staying in. <laughs> Good? Yep. All Well, I mean, we are trying to talk about Hill House and then yes. a little bit cursed since we started. So, uh, Have you ever lived in a haunted house or a house that was... It, ish, yeah, uh, yes, but not bad. We had ghosts. There's two different places I've lived that definitely were haunted, but by not bad things. Oh, uh, like one of the kitties? Like, like one of the dead kittens? It was not a dead kitten. Uh, there was a chick named Tabitha in an apartment in my 20s. And oh. um, she liked to fuck with me all the time. Like, we had, like, those hooks in the wall for towels. Yeah. And I'd hang a towel up, and I'd turn around, and it'd fall down. And, like, these were, like, had a lot of hook to them. So, like, it's not easy for a towel to fall down. So, like, that happened five times in a row. I'd yell at her and be like, fuck you, Tabitha. Let me go get ready and like put the towel back up and yeah, and infuriate infuriate the ghost. Good yeah, plan. I mean, she was just a little shit. I mean, you uh, know. don't take any guff from those swine. You're I, fucking dead. What are you gonna do about it? She just liked to mess with me a little bit, but like that was when I first moved in. Like, there was all the time um, I would like randomly place things somewhere, and like, I'm pretty sure she would move them. Um, yeah. It, it like to where I would find it because I'd be like going crazy searching my room for my phone and it'd be like in the kitchen, but I'd find it like on the living room floor in the doorway. I like. I yeah. get her point though, because what else is a ghost gonna do? She was very bored. Yeah. Like, yeah, very bored. So there were there was some pranks like, and she, um, she liked to mess with Dan at night and like would pull the sheet out, like, and he'd never like kicked 
a top sheet off at night or anything like and it would just be like all the way off his bed but his blanket would still be on him and like hmm. that happened quite a bit hmm. yeah it was she was just a pranking ghost and just like a random roommate that did weird things sometimes and it wasn't like benevolent or anything and nothing <laughs> like uh, she did turn a burner on um the stove once and burned out a pan. Yeah, um, that's it not was cool. like bright. No, that wasn't fun. Fuck, um, but we, that was the only time that ever happened. She never did it again. Um, although I did move out a few months later. But I was only there like a couple years. Yeah. But yeah, she was just like a ghostly roommate and she did weird things. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess better that than like doing a weird thing if they like were like whispering to you while you sleep, just like ah, fuck you, yeah. fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. I mean, uh, I would much rather have a ghost that moves shit than just like a passive aggressive dickhead ghost who's yeah. just kind of just kind of shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do know that like not long after we moved in here, my son was three, and heard him talking in his bedroom. I'm like, hey, buddy, what's going on? He's like, oh. Just talking to James, and he's like, oh, who's James? And he says, oh, the little boy that lives here. And I wish I was making that up as, like, a comparison to Hill House, but no, that really did happen. Uh, at some point, I'll show you the suicide note in the garage, too. Oh, yes, you told me about that. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty rad. Uh, a friend of mine, like, won't go in there. I, yeah. <laughs> I brought her in there once, because I told her what was what was why we were going obviously and she walked in and she's like i don't like it in here <laughs> like i showed that the note on the wall to her and she's like i'm gonna go yeah i don't want to be in here anymore it was it like did somebody commit suicide? like did you like, not a clue oh. i don't know hmm. mystery suicide hmm. i know for a while again i i wish i was making this up but like for a while my son's room would just kind of like sometimes stink like urine and then I got real fucked up and watched The Exorcist, which was a bad idea. Yeah. So it's just like, mmm. Mmm. Mm. But I don't know. If the devil were to, I think me and the devil are cool enough to where, like, even if he did take one of my kids, like, it'd be all right. We'd be I, fine. Yeah. I'd make it through. Yeah. We'd pals with the devil. Yeah. I always said, like, I take really hot showers because it's closer to hellfire. It's comfortable. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Like, I'd probably, like, show up in hell and kick off my boots and lounge <laughs> on the throne and be like, what's the fucking Wi-Fi password? <sighs> mm. I, I, I don't According know. to the supernatural universe, hell has its own Wi-Fi. Really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> the, really, a, the, really keeping up with the times down there now. I guess. I mean... I like that the devil's like a hip current dude. <laughs> <laughs> like heaven's just like pearly gates and clouds and devil's like nah dude I got Wi-Fi. in the supernatural fandom most fans prefer Lucifer to God so well I mean I like yeah supernatural shit's cool and uh, I had seen way too much of that show <laughs> oh what supernatural oh you were talking about a specific thing yeah I thought you were just talking about the concept of the supernatural I'm sorry I was very confused yeah, yeah oh that makes more sense now yeah you're saying in the supernatural fandom, I was like, oh yeah, well, I mean, everybody likes ghosts and spooky shit that's into, like, supernatural, but, ah, oh, I see yeah. a show I've never seen. That's unfortunate. 
Well, I, okay, I saw about 25 minutes of, I think it was the very first episode, because I told an ex that I would watch it with her, and then I passed out drunk. So, I remember thinking a little bit of it was pretty rad. It, it the, you would love the soundtrack, I'm pretty sure. It's all, like, classic rock-ish. Uh, uh, but, but, yeah, it's... I'm gonna be honest, uh, one of the only classic rock bands that I like really like is Alice Cooper. I'm not a big classic rock. But Alice Cooper is good. How can you not like Alice Cooper? Yeah, he's great. My mom saw him back in the like 80s tripping balls on shrooms, and she said it was the most surreal concert experience of her life. Oh, I bet. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's straight three theatrical with his shows. Like, uh huh. He's not just up there singing. Like he puts on a show. Yeah, he's a good showman. I mean, that's pretty much what he's known for. Yeah. And I mean, I'll be honest, the, like the later 80s Alice Cooper albums, eh, I'm going to pass. But before, when it was still the Alice Cooper band, before it was just Alice Cooper, eh, way better. Yeah. Killers, mm, mm. Yeah. or killer, I believe. Yeah. There's no S. Yeah. I made it plural. I'm sorry, Alice Cooper. Uh, my apologies. We fuck, we've, should we get on track here? Yeah. And talk about Hill Episode House? seven? Episode seven. Eulogy. So I wrote this down as another Hugh episode. Yes. And it, again, less of an everybody thing, but definitely still ties the story together way more. Yes. Like as we go on, more is more like revealed of the actual like hill house story yes and it just hugh saw most of like the crazy shit in yeah. hill house he is an integral part of the story in like, in very little has been touched on about that up until now and that's i got excited when they started finally revealing it's, things. yeah he's so far been just kind of portrayed as i don't want to say like a deadbeat dad but just like he wouldn't tell them the truth about anything, which I still don't know why he wouldn't. I understand, I guess, but I understand not telling them when they're children. But, but I mean, we that all many make years our own to decisions. Just say not nothing, like yeah. no explanation, no talking about it. Like as a father, your kids—it's obviously something your kids are fucked up and like want to understand, and especially going into adulthood, like. They I do them, feel like he owes them that, yeah. at the very least. Yeah, very definitely. Especially because Steve is, I mean, if I followed the timeline correctly, uh, the uh, flashback scenes when they were kids was in 92, which would put this at whatever the math differential between that and 92 would be. So Steve's at least, and he's what, 13, 14 in the flashbacks? Yeah. So he's got to be pushing close to 40. Yeah, yep. So, I mean, he's a grown man. Yeah. Just tell him what's going on. Right. It's what, I mean, I understand you don't have a series without the secrecy, but if we're really peeling back the layers of it, like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, that's keeping it hidden for that long. And then, like, the way he portrayed it, it bothered me. Mainly, like, he got, was still all, like, all those years later, like, was just, like, so stubborn. Like, I get it being a man and being stubborn. Like, we all know <laughs> that's a too. thing. Me <laughs> too. Um, 
but to like hold on to like not talk about that situation with the only people that were there in that situation with you that didn't end up dead um and to just not talk about that and like hold on to that for that many years yeah because he sees it as like this sacrifice that he's made well i mean right or wrong that's kind of how his character is portrayed is like he did this thing and he doesn't want to hurt his family more by telling them about it but man you gotta fucking when your kids are asking you directly what happened as adults and you're shutting them out and basically not in contact with any of them because of your refusal to engage with the past i guess i don't know it mm. yeah but timothy hutton's still i love his portrayal of you i do too he's just kind of a goober he is he is like that that goofy dad that when he's not being like the the sad crazy guy yes he's genuinely a likable dude he kind of reminds me of, and I'm going to steal a phrasing from my friend Devin, when she, she used this to describe David Lynch. He's just kind of a doddering old man who's just kind of, uh, 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 yes. One of those fucking guys. Yep. And yeah, he's just, mm. he radiates just an awkward charm. Yes. And I yep. see why someone like Olivia would be drawn to him. Because he's also very smart, as we find out. Yep. Like, he knows a lot about a lot of things. Yep. So, we begin with the greatest example of white privilege that I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> where he has contacted the police about his wife being dead. They show up at this hotel and he is... <laughs> Doused in blood and looks like I a goddamn maniac. Absolutely. Oh god. I that look though, like in mm. I, it's yeah. those blue eyes. It, it's, it's those fucking piercing blue eyes. That's like that that white boy, white collared like thing <laughs> that they have with the cops. Uh-huh. That's just like, oh we we Thanks See for what calling. You look like and, we'll, yeah. we'll bring you on in and we'll we'll sit down and have a talk. Yeah. Yeah. While he's still covered in, in his blood. wife's blood and looks like a murderer. Yes, uh, 100%. Um and ta- is talking very erratically in uh, yeah. So I believe uh from the previous... I believe the storm damage comes from the previous episode. Yes. From the yep. two storms. And they're in this basement and they find black mold. Yep. Or they start finding it in the hallways and lead yep. it all the way to the basement. That's yep. right. Because him yep. and Mr. Dudley are wandering around finding different moldy spots yep. with a detector. Yep. And he's thinking, fuck, this is going to ruin us. Yep. And ghosts. And ghosts. <laughs> um, yeah, the like mold is a. Th- I don't like mold. I've lived into way too many shitty apartments to to be okay with mold. Uh huh. Um, so, um, like I just shuddered that, that that whole like how much they found in the house and stuff and. Right. 
the thing that I really, really like about this too, obviously it's mold, but the way visually that it's represented, it's, it looks more closely like just decay. It, yes. And which plays on the big theme, obviously, of rot and suffering and decay and everything else. And just, man, Hell visually, mm, mm. Yes. Nice job, Flanagan. Yes. Nice job. Um, he understood Hill House, but he focused on too many other things other than Hill House. Yes. Uh, we are given Nell's funeral, yeah. which is, it's interesting because we meet Aunt Janet, and that's when we see that he's talking to Olivia. I mean, we might, yeah. ooh, I think we saw it before, but this is where we really start to get conversations between he and her. Yep. And uh, here's the question that I really have. Is that his, I guess, quote-unquote, psychosis, or is that Hill House also fucking with him? Oh, like, Hill House is known to, like, fuck with psycho... Like, fuck with you psychologically and... Right, but is him seeing his dead wife a symptom of Hill House, or is that a symptom of his own Well, insanity? I mean, if you think about it, Hill House is known for trapping spirits who die there. Yes. And, and she died in Hill House. So, I mean, but... And we've also seen them leave the property and, and chase them elsewhere, like the big the hat guy in the yes. street of L.A. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so I, I don't think it's not a possibility. But she's never shown to him in any sort of like decay and rot. It's everything that he remembers about her. True. Which I guess does tie in very well with the book because that's one of the things that's so brilliant about The Haunting of Hill House is that while there are undeniably supernatural things happening, we are given a real look into Eleanor's psyche, which is also very unstable. All of the unstable. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which also brings up the question, do you think Hugh is naturally this way? Like, is there something wrong with him? Or was it Hill House that broke him? Because he is a very smooth-talking man in his younger days. And very, like, educated and smart. And I, I mean, Hill House is known to take its toll on people. And they were there. Because even... For a decent amount of time. Even while he's in this police station being interrogated, he's still Hugh. He's not stuttering. He's not... He's very well-spoken. And even in the scene, I think it's the very first episode, with the lawyer. Like, all this shit has already happened, and he's still very cogent. And speaking... And now he's just kind of... Yeah. Or is it that life's just beating him down, and he doesn't know how to talk to his kids or people? I... That also could be, I mean... He's a very interesting character. Very, it, so much so. I, the, he portrayed the character progression in a way that was impeccable. Brilliant. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, he realizes that there's no blueprints for whatever, and he asks Olivia, who is not only his wife, but apparently, like, business partner... Mm-hmm. I don't think it registered to me before that. Like, I know she kind of, like, handled the money side, but I didn't know that she was, like... I know she was drawing this forever house, but, like, she really understands architecture and blueprints. Right. So, he, he gets these real fucked up blueprints from her. 
And we're not told what it is quite yet, but we realize that, um, sorry, I, I was looking through something, I lost my frame of mind. Um, th there's no way these are right. Because no. even uh, Mr. Dudley looks at it and he goes, fuck is that? Yeah, no. <laughs> the missus draw these? Uh, that's not this house. And I believe that's the part where we get the long Mr. Dudley monologue. Yeah. That's, I was checking, to, uh, checking the notes real quick to see if it's in this one or the next one. But I believe it is this one. Because Robert Longstreet as Mr. Dudley, fantastic performance. It might be my favorite monologue if I had to pick one in the series. Yeah. But still, like, oof. It's it, real heavy-handed. Very, very. It, it took forever. I, <laughs> it, like, forever. I, I love him as the character. But still. It was and That's the thing, lot. is even, like... In the novel, in the book, or in the original '63, Mister Dudley's not a character. He's at the gates. That's yeah, it. That's he's doesn't like speak barely yeah. at all, except to let them into the property. And I, yeah. and in this, he's very helpful. Yeah, and Mrs. <laughs> Dudley is. Oh, she's a saint. I, she's a saint. I. In every depiction, I just love the the idea of Mrs. Dudley. I. I love her, but at the same time, um, I'm an, a rule breaker, um, a, a diagnosed you know, oppositional defiant disorder, rule breaker. I would hate Mrs. Dudley, and she would hate me. She uh, would I don't know about hate. Me. I don't think in, in this series context that she would be yeah. capable yeah. of hate, but it's very apparent, especially like as we go on in the series, that they're hiding something. They know more than they're letting on. And the book kind of does that, but they don't point it out. It's yeah. She's just an ominous figure yeah. who is just kind of a part of the house. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah, uh, he, uh, Mr. Dudley explains that they had lost their first child because the old woman was making Mrs. Dudley work nights and... That's when they stopped staying in the house at nights. Yeah. And maybe some time away from the house would yeah. do the missus well. Yep. It's none of his business, but maybe some time away. Yeah. And then who gives him a real dickhead answer of, you're right, it is none of your business. I... Like, man, did you not hear a word this guy just said to you? Right. Like. <laughs> Come on, he's... man. Yeah. <laughs> just got to be a little bit of a dick, I guess. Um, then we get the fan. Which, I guess, sure. Yeah. It was an element that didn't need to be here. I get, I, it implies that, yeah, a ghost plugged the, a fan back in. Because he's yeah. putting his hand in a fan yeah. that he asked Steve to unplug yeah. to fix it. And <laughs> I kind of skipped it, but the scene really, like, it takes me out of it. Because we'll learn later that when they show back, or they show the shot of them first arriving at the house, they look very different. Yeah. But it was weird to remember when seeing all this gorgeous, like, old-time scenery and, like, the set. The Hill House itself yeah. is very old. And seeing Olivia in these long, flowing yeah. dresses. Everything looks very old. 
It's still supposedly 1992. I, yeah. And the mold guy comes in the basement and he's just some dude in like a polo shirt. It fucking cracked me up. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. Because even Hugh, like he's not like dressed anciently, but he just, you know, looks like an older man that you would see in like the 40s, just his pants yeah. and shirt and yeah. whatever, like. like he doesn't look like a modern guy. No. And that is part of, I guess, the trick that Flanagan does very well is making you think that, I mean, because time is indistinguishable, I guess, that yeah. everything looks older than it really is. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I didn't mean to derail us with the, <laughs> the mold guy who was selling them fans, but it was very jarring. It, it was totally unnecessary. Um, He's just a fucking schlub with an afro. I, I would like to know what like the, like the casting, for that part was like. It was probably just some dude I, that was there, it, some lighting guy, and they're like, "Hey, Mark, throw on a fucking polo. You're gonna be in this." <laughs> Here's your big break, buddy. Yeah, we, with everything else going on, we literally forgot to get a guy for this. So, uh, you're up, bud. Um, all right. So he, he turns the fan on. It cuts the living shit out of his hand. And I really thought that that was going to be a bigger part of the story in general. Because they focus on it a lot. They, very much so. Like, it was gnarly. I. Oh, it's a I, motherfucker uh, of a yeah. wound. I, I, ow. Um, he handles he, it very well. He's very calm when looking he, down at this mangled hand and telling Steve, like, you did enough for today. Yeah. Thanks for helping. I just imagine in his head, he's like screaming in pain <laughs> and trying not to show it on his face because he's his kid's right there. And like, that's a mangled hand. Um, badly, mangled. <laughs> badly mangled hand. Um, and, like, try not to freak out his kid, but... <laughs> yeah, and that's when, like... Isn't that when we kind of get the inclination that he thinks something's going on? Because he runs up to the red room, and his hand's all fucked up, and he hurts it even more, trying to open the red door? Yes. Like, I... I that was kind of when it showed that he... I, I think that's what I thought, was he's... He knows what's kind of going on, that there's something up with it in this red door... That they can't find a key to at all. Or open it in any way. Like, they have construction equipment all over their house. Yeah. How the fuck you can't get that door open? I'm sorry. That is one glaring plot hole. It's like, man, just Jack Nicholson that fucking door down. (laughs) That's a realist in me, but like... Uh, Yeah. uh, It just... Sure, man. Sure, plot device. I got it. I got it. It's, It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Fine. Uh, so we get Nell's grave, and uh, is it? I don't even think it's Nell that tries to pull Luke into the grave. I think it's Olivia, isn't it? It it seemed like it. Because I, he says something about like I saw. Oh, I think he says I saw Mom and Nell. Real good ghost effect. I really liked it. Yes. I really liked this scene. Yes. Until definitely. fucking Steve enters. I, he, I really don't like him. He's such a knob. And it, I feel like all of the his dumbness on screen like brings the scene down like so dramatically. Yes. 
that it's like um, we go from this really, really, really good scene and good acting and, yes, all of the spookiness, and then, oh, Steve's here. Yeah, because, again, it mixes very well the horror and the emotion that he's standing at his twin sister's grave and he sees his dead sister and mother. Yeah. In, again, one of the worst situations that you could be in. And here comes Captain Dickhole <laughs> to tell him that this family's got a sickness. We all need to get help. This family's sick. Man. Well, he's not wrong, though, honestly. Right, and it does play up the, yes, Steve is the uh, denial uh, portion of this. Because they yeah. haven't really characterized him as that too much before this. But for the remainder of the series, he's really that character. Uh, very much so. Uh, very, very much yeah, so. he's telling uh, Luke that we're all sick. We really need to get help. And we are brought back to the past again with Olivia sitting on Hugh's chest with a fucking screwdriver in his neck. <laughs> yeah, that. And I think it might be the only time in the series where they curse. Oh, no, no, I'm way wrong about that. But, yeah, I think it's the only time that we hear Hugh curse. Yes. He wakes yeah. up and goes, hey, what the fuck? <laughs> I absolutely love that line. It, he delivered it perfectly. Absolutely. I, I just, oh, round of applause, sir. Yes. <laughs> it is that very surprised, like, I... I, I've never woken up in that exact circumstance, but it is the exact say, perfect reaction to opening your eyes, seeing that, and just going, Livia, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and she is fucking whacked out of her gourd yes. at this point. Hill House, like, was definitely affecting her most of all. And, like, it just the progression up until this episode was, like, it was, like, slowly getting worse and worse. Mm hmm and because she's had a few of her color storms and, and the migraines and yeah and man Carla Gugino playing all just possessed out of her fucking mind yep. it's so good i yes absolutely she played that very well that like slow descent into madness and like you don't realize that it's happening until you're halfway there I think it's in this episode as well. I didn't take as detailed a notes on this one, but um, I think it's in this one that we get the monologue from Mrs. Dudley as well. Is it this one where about protecting your babies? Like, you've got to get them out of here. There's something wrong with this house, and it'll eat them, and it'll churn them up. It's our responsibility to keep them safe from this world, mm -hmm. and it will chew this, them up and spit them out. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, that's... No. Uh, it was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> that is more talking in that one monologue than the Mrs. Dudley did in the entirety of the book. Uh-huh. I, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I believe her uh, only, like, concrete lines in the book are, breakfast is out at nine, I clean up at ten, or setting yep, the right. rules for when meals are, and yes. I don't stay after dark. Yep. Yep. End of discussion. Yep. <laughs> she yep. doesn't want to talk to you anymore. Nope. And that's why I said, I forget which episode we did that I talked about this, but I don't like what they did with the Dudleys. They turned this like, uh, they were like, how do I want to say this? 
Sinister Junior. They were like the icing on the cherry on top of the spooky Sunday. Yes. It was these two yep. fucking weirdos that nobody knows why they're there, who they are really, nope. and they are very abrupt. They want nothing to do with you. Yeah. And it's just another sinister sinister aspect on top. And yeah. then here they're helpful but not and and not like <sighs> Hiding, like, the, the daughter thing, like, the whole thing. They were just the quiet, creepy people that just came with Hill House in the book. And, like, there was no engagement. Or, like, they would try to engage and there's nothing. Um, and it, it's just a change. And I was, like, I was surprised. I didn't like it. Like, they're supposed to be a creepy part of Hill House, not a helpful part of Hill House. Like, yeah, and but that's the thing is they try to inject that creepiness back in because they clearly know what's going on but aren't directly telling this family. Yeah. And it mm, it doesn't sit well with me. No. I really don't like the portrayal of the no. Dudleys. Especially, like, they, they portray them, like, as you find out grieving parents. Like, yeah. and <laughs> as grieving parents, and then you're all like, you need to get them out of the house. Like, wouldn't you have told them before now when they're all fucked up already mm -hmm. like um and in the book yeah. when we're given no context for their existence it's just oh fuck why are they there and we're never told which is a cool thing in this when they're given more life it, the question arises just why don't you fucking leave yeah just go it, it takes away a lot of the spookiness that is their characters. Yeah, because it seems in, you know, the book in the original 63 film that they're part of the house. They're bound to this house yeah. somehow. Mm -hmm. They never give anybody incl any inclination that they're in danger. I don't, I don't get the Dudleys in this version. I don't either. Okay, I, I think it's, we've bitched about the Dudleys. Enough. <laughs> Got in a real, real soapbox about the Dudleys. And in the 63 film, Mrs. Dudley's my favorite character. I, she's amazing. I adore that woman. <laughs> All right. So uh, they're doing a lot of investigation as to why this mold is there. And it sounds like scratching in the walls. Yeah. And this is a part that I really didn't like, is they find a man in the walls. Yeah. That was a real, you didn't need to do that moment. Yeah. I understand it's just kind of racking up a body count as to why there's another ghost in Hill House. Yeah. I get it, but it's been done a lot. Yeah. Um, did you ever see I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House? Yes, I did. It's it's kind of a fairly dull movie, yeah. but I really like it. <laughs> I I had fun with that one. I uh, That was like one of the few nights I, I got drunk. <laughs> and and I That's watched that movie. That's not a good drunk movie. <laughs> it's you wouldn't think so. It's very slow for drinking. Yeah, you would think so. But yeah, I had it was it was just me and like if I'm drinking, I'm relaxing. I'm not a party drinker. See, I get, yeah, I I forget that people don't drink like I did when I drank, which was, oh, I'm going to drink this fifth in an hour and a half. That's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, can see I relaxing have, to a film. I I yeah, I have gotten drunk and done the party thing many a times. But um I've learned I make really I bad believe. decisions. 
um, when I'm drunk. So I tend to not get drunk in situations <laughs> well, where I weird. could get into trouble. That's weird. You're the only one who's ever made bad decisions drunkenly, apparently. Yeah. Hmm. No, Fuck. not you. No, Fucking never. Degenerate. <laughs> No, no, me certainly not. I, no. I certainly don't have many scars from my years of alcohol abuse. <laughs> oh, man. So they find the body in the wall. And again, I thought something would materialize from this. This is another path that kind of leads nowhere. nowhere. I mean, yeah. and again, it might, but there's so much thrown into this series that... Unless you're one of those people that's going to sit down and watch this a hundred times over. Yeah. I, I'm not going to catch everything, and I'm just accepting that fact. That yeah. I don't care. I think maybe it was supposed to be, like, the ghost we saw under the stairs in the basement scene. Like, in the beginning. Okay. Like, maybe guy in wall. But it was never, like, accurately, like, portrayed yeah, that it, way. Like, it never, never mattered. No. <laughs> it that's... was never brought to light. It was... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's fine, though. It, it filled up some time. Yep. It filled out the episode. We cut back to... Basically, we're at the end of the episode, and Luke is gone. Yep. And then some more ghosts. <laughs> and more ghosts. That that scene in the, the Red Room was a little rough. Yeah. J- j- just to be fair, rough. most of the scenes in the Red Room were pretty rough. Yes. <laughs> Yes, true. Yeah. It, that is, like, the room. I would like to know, like, the, like, mental mechanics of the house. Like, making the red room and, like, but giving them extra rooms. But they don't know they're extra rooms, but they're all the red room. And that doesn't open. So, I... Alright, we'll get into it when we get to that part. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. The... The the mechanics of, like, how the house is fucking with their brains throughout the series. And, like, you know, in the Pat last episode, like, the, the whole, their mom, just her progression throughout the whole series of getting worse and stuff. Like, Hill House is known for fucking with heads. So, I... Yeah, it's... Yeah. I think it's one of those things that, like, some people are more susceptible than others. Yeah. And I get that. But, like... Again, the time discrepancy it doesn't really make a lot of sense. So most of them were fine for several years, but then they sort of intimate that they've seen ghosts at other points, but kind of not at the same time. I don't. They're in denial if they have, or it's just. But Hill House, like in the book, that's a very very short period of time mm-hmm. that, that that they are in Hill House. Yeah, there's a. They get fucked up. Yeah, and I think that's what I kind of like about the book is because it takes. Again, I think reading something translates differently than film because, like you said, a good portion of that book is just Eleanor on her way to Hill House to where we're really, like, deeply learning her psychology. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot easier to do that in the written word than visually. But still, yeah. It's fine, though. Uh, why, why is this important? Why is this episode important? The whole, well, the, the body in the wall is not important. (laughs) There there was, there was a lot in there that they could have done very differently. Although, like, they did connect to, like, the actual house itself more in 
this episode, like, well, they're, they're tearing it apart and, like, finding the mold. And, like, you see, like, little things in the architecture of Hill House. And, like, I like that very much so. Yes. Um, and, and it doesn't hurt that the set is gorgeous in every way. Um, I believe this is the episode two where he's using the spray canister from the place where I work. From the place you work. <laughs> yeah, where I work at my day job. That's what I make. That's it, funny. Is that spray canister. I saw that and I was just like, oh, God damn it. I don't want to be reminded of work during my entertainment. This is bullshit. And unless they had found a real vintage one, there's a, a chance that I might have made that. That's Probably kinda, not, but, yeah. you know. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe. It's fine. Like you could dream. Be like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. They're like, I have fame. I made that can. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Sounds good, man. <laughs> Who's going to believe me? <laughs> That'd be so. Well, all right, to be fair, that would be such a stupid thing to make up. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, do you remember that brief two seconds in episode seven? Of that show from 2018? Yeah. That. That thing. I, I touched it. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, should we move on to episode eight? Sure. Witness marks. This might be my second favorite episode. This is a real good one. It, it is. I think this is, again, where they very much connect the horror to the emotional elements in a way that is very appealing to me personally. Yep. With one very notable exception. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, I wonder which one that is. <laughs> uh, uh, so, since we just completely broke our uh, format for whatever, uh, who in the Hill House? I would say this is like a set of teens. Yes. Because it's Steve and Hugh together and Shirley and Theo together. Yep. I like this episode a lot. I I do too. Like the, it, it doesn't help that, or it doesn't hurt that all the characters, like you see like that relationship in like just those two, like for the first time where they're not like fighting because of all the shit going on with Nell. Yes. Like... I, like, it really shows Shirley and Theo's, like, codependent bubble that they live in with each other. Yeah, even in the midst yeah. of, like, them having a life-changing fight, even yeah. without the ghost, the shit that had happened the previous day, yeah. they are not on speaking terms. No. And it's kind of the same with Hugh and Steve, because... Steve just wants to go by himself. The reason that they are broken up, I don't think we got into, but Luke takes off at the end of the last episode. Yeah. And so Steve is going to go drive around, check all his fucking dope spots to go see if he can uh, not track down so much him as Theo's car so that they can kind of find him. Yeah. So yeah. Hugh jumps in Steve's car and just says, no, I'm going with you. Yeah. Because the, he, Steve doesn't want to be involved with his father yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. It's yeah. fucking tense. It's, <laughs> as a person who has, like, daddy issues, I would not want my dad to go in the car either. <laughs> Although, like, Steve's an ass. And, and 
really shouldn't go be driving to all the hood drug houses that Steve has been frequenting recently, which, by the way, how does he know again? Like, well, because it's from when he still lived in Boston, oh, and yeah. either he had to, like, wire him or go pick him up or some whatever yeah. horse shit. But still. And he's really smug about, I still remember the line, he says, oh, I'm going to go down to this area. Well, why would you go down? Well, it's pretty much a free air drug market. I'm sure if we were going to find him anywhere. Where are you, Philly? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Or right across that bridge in good old Camden, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. That's where everybody in Philly goes to get their dope, from what I've heard. Is everybody just goes across the bridge to Camden and then brings it back to Philly. Man, Camden sucks. I think New Jersey as a whole it has... Oh, it's America's armpit. Yeah. Yeah, very. Yeah. I remember getting out in whatever fucking city. I was on a Greyhound that just happened to be going through there and getting out in... I think it was Trenton. Getting out to smoke a cigarette and just be like, this fucking city stinks. <laughs> like, really bad. Why does it smell this bad here? And just, mm, yeah, I'm going to get back on a Greyhound, which is notable for not smelling nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> to avoid the uh, environs of New Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we also get uh, Olivia just talking to no one. When she's in the twins' room, which yeah. will be explained later. Yeah. You know, time travel. Yeah. I I liked her, like, portrayal of the, this whole thing, it, that scene, was phenomenal. It's very good. I, she plays that, that going crazy part perfectly. Like, you think she believes it, that she's that crazy that she believes what's going on. Like, I... Mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for an actress that can do a really good crazy woman. And her ability to, I know a lot of things do this, but her ability to portray the I don't know what's happening to me mm-hmm. yeah, is astounding. It, it really She's is. very good. Yeah. Yep. Oh, and she looks great. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, her costuming throughout the entire series is top-notch. And I just want to, like, hug her. Yeah, because she's like, not, like... All right, she is hot, but it's not, like, Theo hot. She's elegant. Elegant, <laughs> yes. And, like... Classically beautiful. She reminds me of, like, stories that my mom would tell me my great-grandmother, who was, like, a first-class Edwardian woman. Like, so, like, I'm like, she reminds me of my great-grandma. And, like, Hell even yeah. though she's, like supposed to be my mom's age ish um but i love her like everything about her so we get a long marriage monologue from hugh which all right it's not my favorite monologue the mr dudley's was my favorite just because the way he played it but as far as like grading uh monologues this wasn't the worst it, and it's, I think it was his a lot of his uh, Timothy Hutton's portrayal of it with his just kind of doddering, stuttering mannerisms. It just uh, his body language and everything just made it not so unbearable. And again, he's talking about just the troubles of life because Steve wants to... Like, Steve gets upset because 
Hugh asks him a question. He's like, no, you don't get to do that, Dad. He's like, no, I'm going to ask my son about his life. Right. Like, he's yeah. very insistent, which is strange because now you want to be insistent on being involved in your kids' lives. Like, you would think that he should answer their questions that they've been asking since, like, childhood. Yes. Um, before he starts asking them and demanding answers. Like, mm, I- yeah, at, at that's fair. At the same fair. time, being, being a parent, at the same time, I'm like, mm, I kind of understand it. But at the same time, like, mm, check and, your motives. And I mean, now dying could have been a catalyst for like, oh, one of my children is now dead and I'm realizing that I've wasted a lot of time, which yeah. kind of correlates to what he's talking about because he talks about how he and Olivia had split up. Mm-hmm. And what it... Because that has to do with Steve splitting up with his wife and what a dipshit he was and how he just showed back up and she took him back and from then on they were golden. Right. I. And what was the line that... uh He was the line. She yeah. was the kite or something like that and he was the line. Yeah. Yeah. She was like the imagination and he kept her grounded. It was yeah. actually a very sweet speech yeah. to hear him talk about his... <laughs> Maniac dead wife. Maniac dead wife. I mean, I'd marry her too, though. Okay. This is when we're kind of introduced. We don't meet the actual character, but uh, Mrs. Dudley is talking to Steve, I believe. And they introduce Poppy Hill. Yes. And very clearly just say, she was insane. Yeah. I, I wrote that down because this series isn't pretty on the nose but this one was just like a man you're really just gonna say it you're not gonna give us any examples of something that she did just this is poppy hill she was insane yeah no examples are like there's just gonna say it huh yeah (laughs) all right (laughs) again i just found it very jarring because it was just oh oh all right (laughs) you're gonna like explain something for 10 minutes but you can't like, tell us anything about her other than that she's insane and just gloss over so much. Uh, back at the ranch, uh, uh, Theodora's gone back to her little guest house, yeah. and Shirley, who is separated from her husband, we'll say, yeah. because of the shit that happened with Theodora yeah. and the money, and her life is crumbling. And she starts hearing pounding on her doors, which is a real Hill House move. Very Hill House move. I, the nod to the books was very, I liked it. Uh, Could have done it a little more in Hill House. In Hill House. That was my thought exactly. Um, Like, that's one thing, like, the Hill House doesn't let you leave if it doesn't want to let you leave. But yet, their ghosts were moving and doing things outside of Hill House. Yeah, independently. Independently. Of... I it just... <laughs> no. I like how nobody can see it, but you just wiped your eyes in frustration. <laughs> it was, it, it was uh, the perfect just look of dejected feeling. It's just like, guys, why are you doing this? Yes. I, yeah, as, as a Hill House fan, I was a little um, frustrated... At, at how they changed, like, the, some of the main, like, rules of Hill House. Yeah, and she thinks it's just kids because it's Halloween night. Yeah. Which was a stupid wrinkle but I didn't need. Of course, need. it was but, Halloween night. That was, yeah. 
So there's banging on the doors and it's Theo. So Theo enters the picture and now they're kind of paired up with each other. They get into a gigantic fight and Shirley punches her right in the tit. Right in the fucking tit. That was... Alright, so not being a woman, how bad does it hurt to get punched in the boob? It hurts. It definitely hurts. Um, also, depending... Shirley's got a lot of repressed rage. I bet that bitch hits like a man. Um, <laughs> She's lifting and, corpses and, all fucking day. Yeah, Bodies ain't light. No, that's all that dead weight. She's... And not only that, but Theo's kind of a freak. She might have piercings, and that could have hurt a whole lot worse than you think it did. Yeah, I say, having never, like, been slugged in what would be considered a breast... Uh, it would just, yes. for me, just be getting punched in the chest plate, which yeah. hurts, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had, obviously, I, I'm a grown-up. I've lived with a woman before. I know it hurts, but it's it doesn't immediately register to me. Like, yeah, she just hit her in the tit, so right. what? But it's, yeah. So it's not something that would, like, drop you. N- no. Well, and women have naturally higher pain tolerances anyway, so we are, like, ask any tattoo artist and the... They'll tell you, like, if they could choose, and like, male or female to work long, like, a long-term session tattoo, it, they'll choose a chick every time. Well, yeah, because nobody wants to hang out with a dude for I, that that's, long. That's a very, very good point, too. I, I mean, I don't mean to be that guy, but, like, man, I don't like hanging out with dudes. <laughs> they're a lot. But, um, they're pounding on Shirley's doors, and we cut back into the car, and we are told that... The children are. Uh, Hugh's explaining that children are the greatest thing in in yeah. the world, and he hopes that one day Steve will experience the miracle mm-hmm. that is children. That's when we learn that Steve has had a vasectomy. Yep. And yep. that he will not carry on this lineage. Yep. Smart move. Yeah, I honestly, yeah, <laughs> um, I I've met my family too. <laughs> um, that's, that's kind that's, of a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it does come up later. So I, I only wanted to bring it up because in passing, it doesn't seem like it would mean anything. It's just, oh, he's stopping the family line there. But it does come up in a meaningful way. Yes. In a few episodes. Uh, cut back to the past where Steve has built Olivia this nice vanity mirror. Uh, Mrs. Dudley helps him get some paint. And he fixes it up all nice for her. And she smashes that motherfucker right in front of him. Yes. Um, But. So here's the thing. I really enjoy sad children. Not mine, of course. (laughs) Because nobody wants to see their kids sad. But when I get to see, like, a dejected teenager. mm, (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. (laughs) Yeah, that's life for you, kiddo. Get used to that shit. People are going to be breaking your vanity mirrors your whole life, bud. Let that disappointment really sink in. Yep. <laughs> we start hearing about... Steve says something about the clock. The cuckoo clock. Yes. That's I, like I always forget. being worked on or something. Yeah, because uh, at this point, Hugh and Steve are on their way to Hill House because they get a call. Shirley's card has been pinged. Because Luke stole her card, it's been pinged at a gas station on their way to Amherst. Yep. And immediately upon hearing that, both Steve and Hugh, I think, know exactly what's going on. Steve might be trying to deny it, but... 
Like, yeah. Hugh knows he know- exactly yeah. what's he, happening. He knows exactly. So it's explained that... Uh, what, oh, because they're getting in, into an argument about why Hugh never told him about anything. Mm-hmm. And somehow the clock gets brought up. And he said, what the fuck are you talking about? There was no... Oh, because Hugh brings it up because he read the book. And, all right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, guys. This is a lot of content to try and remember. Yes. <laughs> but he brings up that he... He knows that Steve had seen weird things in Hill House because he wrote about the guy fixing the clock, but he had never hired a man to fix the fucking clock. And it gets into this whole thing about witness marks, which is what the episode is named after. I didn't understand a one fucking thing that he was talking about. Uh, Like, uh, cool man, sounds good. I don't know if any of that's true. I didn't take the time to Google it. I would really, really appreciate it if they had made all that shit up. Right. (laughs) And just... Just to really fuck with, I feel like me personally, like, oh yeah, that's how, that's how you tell things about clocks. Like, but it, it, mechanically it didn't sound like it made a lot of sense to me. Yeah. But, sure, we'll just say it's a thing. But he also brings up uh, Luke's treehouse. Yeah. And Hugh says, like, uh, there was never any treehouse. When would I have time to build you a treehouse? We were there for eight weeks. I- yeah. We were fixing that house up to flip it, yeah. which that right there is the moment that you realize that every single thing that we've seen in that show of their past mm-hmm. has been kind of a distortion. Yes. Because the foundation is starting to crack. Yep. And apparently Hugh's the only one who knows about it. Yeah. Which, yep. I don't know, like there's there's something that in that that doesn't make sense to me. I, I think, like... The way I saw it was like he was close to the wife, you know, as she was going crazy and saw the little things that the kids were too young to catch. So he figured out what was going at the house and why he got like the kids out of there when he did and kind of knew what was going on. Right, but he didn't get them out to the last minute. He let it until it fucking boiled over and it was a necessity. Yes. Because I think he refused to see any of it for, like, what it really was. And I think that's why he's riding on Steve so hard about finally admitting that, yeah, you saw some fucked up shit and, like, you have to process that. But you didn't realize (laughs) it. You didn't realize it. Yeah. And, yeah, it's... It's that realization because we're shown all throughout this. Him and Steve are very close yeah. when they were when Steve was young, like very very close. Like yep. it's that weird bond that you have, you know, with your oldest son, especially when your next two kids are girls. Yep. It's you know your oldest son. He's helping him yep. with projects. He's doing this, doing that. Very close. Yep. And now that their relationship is splintered, and he can kind of explain why almost, but it's still a very unsatisfactory explanation. And especially for Steve at yeah. this point. Yeah. Uh, Shirley and Theo are arguing like a son of a bitch. And then there's Nell's ghost. Yeah. Who pops out of the fucking backseat because yeah. they're on their way to Hill House as well. Yep. It was one of the only jump scares and all right, I'll give it to you. It fucking got me. I, it got me it, good. <laughs> yep. That one was, I jumped most definitely. And I wasn't. It was just totally unexpected because we've been focusing on, like, Steve and them fighting. And, yes. And so we're not expecting, like, ooh, boom, ghost. and Because yeah. those two are right in the middle of an argument and out of the blue. And I think it might be one of the only jump scares in the series. But, like, mm, he got me. Yeah. 
You really lulled me into that one. Yeah. Mike Flanagan, you son of a bitch. Yep. All right. Can we talk about Theo's uh, monologue here? Um... I laughed the entire way through this. <laughs> My God. Way too much. Just too much. I I think what she said through the whole thing could have been said in like two or three lines and we could have been like on with our lives. Uh-huh. <laughs> Instead of watching this woman jabber on the side of a road. Yeah. Because the whole thing about this is... After she she admits that she touched Nell's body, she admits to Shirley that she had went down and touched Nell's body and that she had seen their mother as well. And that after that, she couldn't feel anything. Yeah. She was lost in this void of blackness and darkness. And it's like, man, if I was 14, that would have sounded real cool. Right. But as a grown adult, like, you got to shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> That's enough of that. And finally, when I reached out to him, I, I felt something. Shame. I finally felt shame. And it's like, mm. I, and, and you're talking about her husband. Yeah. That you're sh felt feeling shame for, like, I reaching even, out to. I didn't even see him. I didn't even see him. Ah, uh, bitch, you have eyes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, like. Shirley should have left her on the side of that road. <laughs> Theo is obviously good at going up and picking girls up at the bar. We have seen that previously in the series. So why <laughs> do you go in a closet with your sister's husband instead yeah. of... She's emotionlessly picking I, yes. up women at the bar as well. Yeah. Like... And then, and I think that part of it, it that was supposed to be, I guess, like seen as like deeper complex is that it was a man and that's out of character. So she wouldn't have done that. Yeah. But still, you did that. Yeah, did that. <laughs> uh, so you can shut the fuck up about how you don't feel anything, and now you can finally feel, and the only emotion you could feel is shame. Man, it was. Mm, yeah. I cackled laughing, <laughs> laughing at this. Yeah. I. I'm sorry, Kate Siegel, but it was a very bad performance as well. Right. I love her to death, but that that is one scene mm -mm. I I just can't like that one. No. And it was too like if you're saying you can't feel anything, she was showing a lot of expression on her face for somebody who can't feel anything. Yeah. I'm so, it was just very overdone that one and <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, I didn't really care for the writing. Again, I understand that there, there are these monologues and they're supposed to be dramatic and it's supposed to invoke this emotional response. But oh my. Yeah. It was real bad. Real bad. I didn't like it. Didn't care for it. Thumbs down. Yep. No. That is the, that was one hand, oh, definitely yeah. hands down. <laughs> It really kind of ruins the episode, I, it, because it otherwise does. I very much like this episode. I know, and I feel bad that it's, like, towards the end. And <laughs> yep, so they stop at a gas station, and Hugh's got a picture of Luke, says, have you seen this guy? <laughs> and, like, no gas station attendant ever was just like, oh, yeah, I've seen him. He came in here and bought this. It was about 9.53, 9.54, if you had to, like... Yeah, like, knows okay. the time, and, like... <laughs> There is no time in a gas station if you work there. Like, yeah. you're just... 
they're lucky sometime that, between open and closed. They're lucky that dude was inside. It was nighttime at a wayside gas station. That dude was smoking weed out yeah. back and heard the ding and was pissed. Uh-huh. He didn't remember seeing this fucking guy. No. But uh, Luke apparently bought a bunch of gas cans, and that's where Hugh puts it together yeah. that he's going to burn Hill House to the ground. They get to Hill House and all the lights come on. Mm -hmm. The house is alive! Again. Again. (laughs) And he was explaining that, no, we got to get your brother out of there and I hope your sisters aren't coming. This is the most dangerous place on earth for all of us right now. Yep. Don't, really illustrating the stakes. Yes, why are we going to Hill House? Yeah. We're going to die, but okay. Yeah, but let's go get your brother. Mm -hmm. Let's go get your junkie brother that we don't know if this is where he's going. He could have just stolen her car and taken a specific route. Right. Either way, whatever. Still a pretty good episode. Yes. So why is it important? Uh, It it shines a light on a whole fucking lot. A whole lot. This is really... This could have been about the second or third episode yes. to really keep us engaged because this is a very engaging episode. Yes. Pre- yes. Uh, previous gaff withstanding. Yes. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the feelings. Yes. I. I just can't feel anything. I was drowning in an ocean of blackness, and that I think that's about when I lost it. It was just like, mm. I feel like that line's from an emo song. <laughs> you can't tell me any different. Yeah, from like, yeah, mid-2000s. Yes. It's just like, mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Some emo kid is on the writing team and probably needs to be fired for that. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of the... Uh, well, that's the boss's wife. We can't really say anything. Because <laughs> yep. that was bad. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah, th- this is a very important... Uh, this is what brings them all to Hill House. To Hill. Yes. And again, like, because you see the flashbacks, like, of the past, but you don't... Hill House has been standing empty, and they've, like, grown as people, like, in into some fucked up people. Yeah. And now they're, like, being called back. Yes. And that's, this episode is where, like, all of the the build-up, they're finally, like, Hugh's kind of talking about what happened at Hill House, like, with the mom. Like, not really. He's he's cracking the door. Yes. Yes. So, like, leading after this is, like, the, the reveal. Like, I, Hill House is actually in the show at this point, and that makes it good. Uh, on hour eight. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh man. God, I really don't like this entire series. And uh, no, I'm not doing any of the other Flanagan series for it. Nope. I, I am like all it. set. But hey, it's Hill House. It's fine. Yes. Uh, but yeah, um, we should probably be done with this one. Yep. Call it good. We should probably eat something too. I'm fucking starving. Yeah. Do that. Well, all right. Uh, we're gonna go. Bye. Peace.